You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. In this episode, we find ourselves in the thick of the significance of Passover. We hear from the fellas on how it's affected them and their families. You're not going to want to miss this hearty dish in part one of a two-part entree. If you have questions and want to continue the conversation, send us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com or leave us a comment. Or is that one? Is this one? That's yeah. yeah, you're right. Camera number one, <laughs> camera number two. <laughs> I had to think about it for a minute too. I think I tried to remember. It's like, okay, here we go. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> We're very welcome. Every time I hear record, hey, bear. My, my lungs just go. <laughs> so welcome to the whole testament. And we are talking about Passover. This is the entree episode. So I'm super excited. We're going to dig into some cool stuff. And, I'm hungry. You know, yeah, good. <laughs> my mic. I want to eat, eat unleavened bread right now. Unleavened bread, the bread of affliction. Sounds delicious. Put some pizza sauce on there. Oh, wow. Put it in the microwave. Pizza of affliction. It's oh, yeah, <laughs> the best. It's the best. It's my. Favorite part of, un- of the feast of unleavened bread, gluten free, dairy free, <laughs> yeah. pizza of affliction. No, I put dairy on it. Um, I Sorry. put some green olives and cheese on there. Here we go. Yeah, that's delish. Okay. <laughs> I'm a god. He's gone already. He's already laughing. All right, okay. so I'm super excited. Um, this is what I believe is like the. I call it the gateway drug to um, understanding your Bible the best, This the Passover, because yeah. uh, it is what drew me into the Old Testament um, and a lot of people. And I think it's the easiest one for us, for those, for those of us who are in the Christian faith or Christian tradition without having any Judaisms in our background or knowledge of right. the Old Testament and the scripture. Uh, it's the easiest way to get in. So I'm super excited. So I'm I'm super excited and there's so much to talk about. So I just want all of you who are listening and watching to know that this is nothing. What we're gonna give you today is a lot. Yeah. It'll probably, if you haven't spent much time in this, will blow your mind, um, but it's barely anything. <sighs> Right. For what there is to know, um, so we yes. we really had to just pick like one thing to focus on as we talk about this. So, just for anybody who's just joining and hasn't paid attention to the Passover, um, you might be more familiar with it being called Final Supper, Last the Supper, last supper. Last supper. Yeah. Final Supper, La- <laughs> Final Supper, <laughs> Last is Final. Yeah. Well, we're just going. Close enough. Yes. Arguing over Michelangelo, <laughs> Michelangelo's, or is it? Yeah. It's Da Vinci's. Da Vinci's the final last, supper. The final supper. No, Michelangelo. <laughs> Michelangelo is is the le- lesser known Michelangelo's the final supper. No, it's and not. You're talking about the guy with the nunchucks, right? Huh? You're talking about the guy with the nunchucks, right? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are we talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now? Okay, great. That's great. Already derailed. We don't have time. Uh, we don't have time. We got to keep this under under time. So, um, yeah. So, more likely known as the Last Supper. So, if you are familiar with the Last Supper, you are also familiar then with the Passover Seder or the Passover meal, mm-hmm. um, where they would celebrate the freedom from slavery in Egypt. 
which scripture is very clear, Jesus did this with his disciples. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's the easiest for people who have not paid much attention to the Jewish holidays or as what people call them, the biblical holidays, the biblical feasts in Leviticus 23, um, this is the easiest one to connect to because we have some understanding of it because Jesus did it with his disciples. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that. So why don't you guys just tell us what we know, what you know about the feast of Passover slash unleavened bread. Yep. So go ahead. Well, I'm just going to pull up Exodus because this is... Section 12, right? Yeah, Exodus 12. Um, so uh, there's specific things. It was like the meal to get them ready to go. To go right? where? To leave Egypt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that evening, uh, God was going to kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. So uh, this is... I'm summarizing, but um, they would put blood over uh, over their door, right? Yeah. Yes. Over their door. And that was the sign. What kind of blood? Uh, lamb's blood. Lamb's blood. Mm-hmm. They put the lamb's blood over the door and that was the sign that that house would be passed over for the firstborn to be killed. So the firstborn in that home would not be killed because of the blood. Right. And this is the final of how many plagues? This is the wait. <laughs> I must oh, said wow. ten, I'm wait. I must said 10 plagues. 10. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, right. I, in my head Fred. I was thinking Fred, 10 commandments it, that can't be right. Don't let but me I got intimidate right. you, man. That's right. Don't. <laughs> you know, you know. You know it, babe. You know the answers. Wow. Don't worry okay. about it. I'm Fred, gonna you edit got it. it to make you look dumb anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's right. I didn't look dumb. <laughs> wow. Just kidding. I was reading it out of my blue letter Dave Bible. Barnabas uh, Campbell. If he came for encouragement, you came for the wrong place. <laughs> That's it. That's right. All right. Good Good job. Good overview. And so how does that play out then in the next 3,000 years? Kevin, do you? So you're talking about from from the time of Moses up to the time of Jesus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, to to now. Yeah. And we haven't really gotten to Leviticus 23, but the appointed times. Yeah. So do you have your Bible? You could read it. You could read the the Leviticus 23 passage. Oh, you want to do Leviticus 23? Okay. Yeah. We'll just read some of the... Well, wait a minute. Doesn't it say in Exodus to do this forever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. it does. But uh, Exodus goes through a lot of the details and Leviticus is more concise. So we're going to read that one. Yeah. So on the 15th day of of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread for the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no ordinary work. Um. Oh, so that skips that the Passover meal is before that then. Yeah. It just says to celebrate it. No, it doesn't. No, it just gives you. No, literally. (laughs) I mean, it's only uh, verses four through eight. So it just says these are the appointed feasts of the Lord. Numbers is where. Holy convocation. It doesn't spell out. It just says to do it. Okay. Isn't it spelled? It's spelled on numbers, right? It just says, okay, so the first month of the 14th day, or the 14th day of the first month. So um, this is very important. So this is the first month. So in Exodus 12, the Lord says, 
this shall be the first of your, basically God's is saying, this is your first day of your first calendar. So God starts his calendar with redemption because the Passover is going to be a feast of redemption. They're going to walk out of Egypt. So that starts their calendar. And then there's a whole big discussion about civil versus religious calendars and Rosh Hashanah. We'll get into that eventually. But so the Passover was, you're going to take this lamb into your home. You're going to watch it. Then you're going to slaughter it. You're going to put it on your house. And this is going to be, and then as you're getting ready to leave, when you eat this, have all your clothes on, be ready to walk out. And there's so many spiritual layers there. Just even in Exodus 12, you could probably... Mm-hmm. mind that you could preach on that for six seven eight ten weeks um so it was the first kickoff of their redemption is really what okay it was about. yeah yeah so he's taking so, them out of egypt he's taking them out, out of, of slavery egypt, yeah. and i and when people ask me about passover because it's funny because when when people f- discover that we celebrate passover as a family and and friends and stuff they're like well why do you do it and it's like well jesus died on the passover or during that that time frame, uh-huh. and and I always ask them this question. It always gridlocks them. They were like, "Could Jesus die any time he wanted to to redeem the world?" They're like, "Well, yeah, I guess." I'm like, "No, he couldn't have. Uh-huh. He had to die on Passover. Right. He chose to die on Passover. That was the time. It was the appointed time for him to do it because it echoes through all of Scripture, which we'll get into yeah. a little bit later. So, so as a believer, as a Christian, people say, "Well, you know, that's a Jewish thing." Well, but Jesus took enough time to memorialize the Passover and then die during that time. And it was a marker in the earth. And as a Christian believer, that's why I do it. You know, I mean, I don't broadcast that. Well, I guess I am broadcasting it now, but, but you know what I mean? I mean, that's, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, literally. people, yeah, literally, because people, they, they think it's disconnected. So they think that that's different from their Christian faith. Like, right. This is the church right. faith. This was the faith of the Jews, but actually those are connected. Yeah, it's and, not a coincidence yeah, that Jesus died oh, on Passover. There's no it's coincidence. And we'll mind. talk about that yeah. because it goes all the way back to Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. As it, it was already decided this is what it was going to be. Right. But we'll get right. to that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the holiday then, just in general today, Israel celebrates um on the 14th day of Nisan, which is usually around the springtime, um, they celebrate at night of the 14th, which is, so really it's the 15th because the day starts at night anyway. Yep. The end of the day on the 14th, the beginning of the 15th, um, when the tabernacle or the temple worm in still around, they would sacrifice the Passover lamb mm-hmm. and then they would eat it as a family or right. a couple of families and they would celebrate with bitter herbs. And um, we will in the dessert episode go through the Passover Seder. A lot of people kind of are familiar with that or have done a Messianic Seder where mm-hmm. they kind of at least talk about some of the elements. So we'll go through that in our in our dessert episode on this. And then on the 15th, beginning on the 15th, you now have a seven-day holiday where you remove the leaven out of your home, the yeast, anything that causes it to rise. And the reason why is because, um, well, it says to, in Exodus, God says to, but is to remember that when God came on Egypt, it was like sudden. Mm -hmm. It was a sudden release. It's like you're a slave 
and now you're not a slave. Get out of here. So for seven days, they didn't have time to let their bread rise, which I think is crazy that like um, in rabbinic tradition, and I think that it's connected to the text, was that they crossed through the Red Sea or the Reed Sea, however you want to read mm-hmm. it, on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. So when they get to the other side, the waters crash down on Pharaoh. And mm-hmm. so they're no longer being chased. Mm-hmm. So now they can let their bread, they're no longer in a hurry anymore. Oh, and their that's bread good. can rise. So that's seven good. days. I had not right? connected that. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. And like just this last Passover, when we we're going through this, it was um, so when you do this year after year after year, you can compile more knowledge or more understanding or mm-hmm. see deeper things because you're, you're like for people who this is brand new, there's going to be so much information. You're not going to collect it all and you're going to have to just keep coming back to it. But it's been 20 something years longer than I, you've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Longer than I've been keeping Sabbath because I was a youth pastor and did the Passover meal with my teens. Right. Strictly because it was, about Jesus, it is. right? And I thought, it wow, is, yeah. you know, I started studying. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So we did it. Um, so this last year, I was just thinking about like um, the redemption process, like God takes his people out of slavery mm-hmm. from Egypt. And then there are seven days. And then at the end of seven days, they're no longer being chased. That's So it's like, they're, they're no longer slaves, right. but the enemy is still chasing them. Mm-hmm. And then after seven days is when they go through the water and it's final like completion. We're now God's people and he can give us the Torah and all this. Mm -hmm. And no longer are we being chased. And I was like, it's, I feel like we are in that. Mm -hmm. Like in rabbinic tradition, there's 6,000 days, a thousand year rest, which is a thousand year reign. And then everything is brand new on the eighth day. Mm-hmm. And we're in that 6,000th year, you know, it's like we're in that space where it's those six days of being free, but being chased. Right. That's good. And so That's on good. the seventh day, it's good. We'll be able to, it'll be, but right now it's like, wow, we are in a war still and the enemy is chasing us. Yep. And we have to stay true and faithful yeah. to the end. Yeah. So anyway, that was a whole nother thing. No, it's good. So yeah, so this is, and then, so what, what they do is seven days. So we do that in our home. We take, we, this is really, I think, where spring cleaning comes from because right. you got to clean all the yeast, all the leaven out of your house. So we go down in our basement. I have nine kids, so we have... Cracker bits everywhere. <laughs> Good stuff everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> Stephanie loves Passover clean. I mean, I think she hates it, but she loves the fact that it's clean house. every year we have a scheduled time where we're taking the couch cushions off. We're washing everything that can be washed. We're cleaning yep. all the, you know, out from under all the crevices and cracks and all that. And the car gets the same. So what's the spiritual lesson thing? there? Yeah, so yeah, go for it. I'm not. Good. We don't have time, but you should look it up. Uh, actually, okay, let's do. Give them a flyby. There's a fly actually by. a spiritual lesson here, and it is taught by Rabbi Shaul, uh, more commonly known as Paul the Apostle. Yep. Um, in First Corinthians five seven, he talks about this actual thing. So I'm gonna, I'll pull it up here on my phone. I didn't have it up, but since you asked me to. No, I think I it's will. good. I will. Because um, I, you know, as you're looking that up, so I was thinking about when people say, well, why is the Passover significant? I could, 
Because in many ways, it's my story. Because I've applied the blood to my life, mm-hmm. the, the door frames mm-hmm. of my life. I've come under his blood. He is the Passover lamb. Right, which Paul also says. Which is, Paul, is yeah, Paul yeah. also says that. So in my experience, the Exodus is also my story. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave in Egypt, but I came under the blood of Messiah, and then I went on a journey, and I came through the sea, the sea of baptism. I was under, mm-hmm. the, under the water. I mm-hmm. came out on the other side. So when people say, well, that's not my experience. No, it is your experience because you come mm-hmm. under the blood of the Passover lamb and you walk through the waters of baptism mm-hmm. and you come out on the other side and you're free and now you have to walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. And people, I mean, you just people look at you like, wow, that's, but it's just, it's just the But what's truth. crazy, I just, <laughs> you, know, you know, this is where my mind goes. You say walk in freedom, but they're walking in freedom led them right to the Torah, which is oh, their, their freedom yeah. from slavery is now freedom to... right. Um, be under the authority of God. Right, right. Be and slaves it also, to righteousness. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, that is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so people like, see people, well, I'm free. I can do what I want. That's not true. That's nope. Not even, that's not biblical. Well, and that's the thing. And man, we're really. We can't get into that. Okay. So, okay, biblical, so free, biblical freedom is that you have a new master and his name is Jesus. Yeah. That's biblical freedom. No longer, yeah, slaves yeah. to sin, but slaves to righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And Shaul says that too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so here is in 1 Corinthians 5, um, he's talking about your boasting, do you not, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? So the leaven is the yeast that we have to remove out of the house. And so he says, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. So he's saying, okay, so you have to cleanse out the leavening and he's mm-hmm. using um, the practice of removing the yeast from the home during Passover as a Oops. spiritual lesson that yep. says whatever it is in our life that's that puffs us up or makes us proud or you know it's like it's a great like the I love the the way that embracing these allows us to teach our children because there's a tradition that at the very end of all the cleaning we'll go through and I'll hide like ten pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. Throughout the house, and we'll go through in the dark with flashlights or can't. We did candles one year, but mm-hmm. it, somebody's hair caught on fire. Ellie's hair got mm-hmm. caught on fire. I don't have that so, problem. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> no? Is that mm-hmm. what happened? You don't or? either. No. Oh, okay. I, was no. Just yeah, I don't. <laughs> no. I don't good. either. Um, so we use flashlights, but you go search out the little pieces that are hidden, the very last little pieces. And it's like it talks about going to the, in your heart, you know. And you got to search out the pieces of sin that are there, the things that are going to puff you up or trip you up. It's like you got to be diligent, just like we spent all this time pulling up couch cushions and all that. We have to do that in our lives. It's not just a physical thing we do. It's a spiritual thing we do. And so this is what Paul is saying. You got to cleanse it out. And then he says, for Christ, our Passover lamb Mm -hmm. has been sacrificed. Mm -hmm. So here he is. He's talking about Passover, Talking about the lamb, I guarantee you he was writing this during the festival season mm. that we were coming into because this isn't just random that he's saying. He's saying, cleanse it out. And then verse eight, which nobody pays attention to mm-hmm. in the New Testament, here's Rabbi Paul yeah. saying, let us therefore celebrate the festival. Yeah. So he's saying, now we're going to cleanse out this boasting. You guys are too proud. You're puffed up. You think yep. you're, you're all that. You're not. You need the blood of Jesus. Yep. Get that out of you. Yep. Let the blood of the lamb cover you and yep. now celebrate the festival. Yep. Not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, 
but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Yeah. So he's and saying, who do you rate that to? The Corinthians. And is and they're Jim? not Jewish. Exactly. I don't think, are they Jewish? I don't think so. Is Corinth in Israel? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Last time I looked on a map. I don't no. think so either. <laughs> no. Yeah. So he's writing that to the to non-Jewish people saying, yep. and they are like, the church already, know, he's not explaining what Passover is. He's not. Like what I'm doing just now about removing the yeast from your yep. home, he doesn't have to explain that because they're already aware of it. Yep. It's already something they're doing. And he's saying, <laughs> I think, like all throughout the uh, the books to the Corinthians are he's he's like really calling them out to be rise up like he's addressing this issue this issue this issue this issue and he's saying you know what you're going through the motions doing these holidays doing this festival of Passover and you're missing it you're missing the point you, because your hearts are full of malice and evil and boasting yeah. and so he's like you can't be that. Right. And keep the holiday. So get rid of that yeah. so you can celebrate the holiday yeah. in, in truth and sincerity. And that's, yeah, because if we, we talk about routine, becomes routine without a heart posture. You can, I mean, everybody knows this, you can do the right thing with the wrong motive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I think that's what you're getting at there. Yeah. It's like, make sure your motive is right. Make sure your heart is right, which right. is like the echo of the entire prophetic books. Yeah. Um, Circumcise your heart, soften your heart, tenderize your heart. Quit coming to me with all the right stuff and make sure your heart's in the right place before you do the stuff. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then, you know, we're not aware, but we miss it. We we don't read that and see here are Gentiles being taught by Paul to keep the Passover. What's what's really interesting, it reminded me of 1 Corinthians 10. So later on in the same book, He talks about, I don't want you to be unaware that our fathers were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. So then he talks about the spiritual food, spiritual drink. But it's interesting that he's telling a bunch of Corinthians, our fathers. And that always wrecks me when I read 1 Corinthians 10 because Paul is saying, he's like, these are not not just my fathers. It's not just because I'm a Jew. It's just not because I'm a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You also, those guys are your fathers by faith. And Paul says that in other places. Mm. So he's like, remember the lesson? Remember the lesson? And that's why we should read our Old Testament out there, camera one, camera two. <laughs> that's, I mean, well, no, I mean, that's yeah. why we should, because we need to be reminded of these things that, that Abraham, by faith, is our father. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I no, know and on top us. of that, that passage you're talking about, he says he was the spiritual, he was the rock that rolled with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Jesus is, is he's, yeah. he's quoting the rabbis. Yeah. So Paul is using extra biblical sources from the rabbis yep. to teach the Corinthians. So they were already aware of the rabbis too, yep. Yep. because the rabbis say that the rock that Jesus struck or Moses struck, that Moses struck, yeah, that brought forth water rolled yep. with them. Yeah. Throughout the wilderness. Throughout and the so time together, yeah. It's a rabbinic teaching. So yeah. he's addressing it. And so anyway, yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, yeah, we got it. We're so far off. None of this. It's not, <laughs> I, I don't know. see. Where is the all part this two? On here? I, I told, I told yeah. you before we started recording, there's a good, you're going to have more than <laughs> that. We may have a part two. We might have a Who part knows? two. Who knows? It's fine. Um, yeah. So um, as we're talking about, so the question, Maybe some people have the question then if Paul is teaching the Corinthians or maybe you don't have this question, 
you should have this question. If Paul is teaching the Gentile believers in Corinth to keep Passover, mm-hmm. why are we as the modern church or the majority of church history not keeping the Passover? What happened that we're not keeping the Passover? And so what I wanted to do was show you some information. Um, there is a guy named Eusebius, uh, one of the very first church historians. Um, so he wrote this. Uh, he lived between 265 and 340 something. I don't know. So they believe he wrote this. This was written around 320 something. And this is an English translation. It wasn't written in, in English, but it's um, in Eusebius's Eusebius Pamphilius Church History, um, chapter XXIII, 23. Okay. I haven't had Roman numerals in a while. Uh, Chapter 23, the title is The Question Then Agitated Concerning the Passover. Okay, so I'm going to read it and then I may explain what I believe it's saying. A question of no small importance arose at that time. For the parishes of all Asia as from an older tradition, held that the 14th day of the moon, on which the day the Jews were commanded to sacrifice the lamb, should be observed as the feast of the Savior's Passover. Okay, so all Asia is not like what we think of Asia today, China and all that. Asia was the the area around Jerusalem. Modern-day so, modern Turkey, yeah, um, Asia Iraq. Minor, do we call yeah, it Asia, Asia Minor? Asia Minor now, yeah. Um, so it's, the, it's those who are the closest to where the faith started in Jerusalem, okay? So that's who this is. So it says, as from an older tradition, they believed that they needed to break the fast, which is, uh, we call it Lent, I think now. I haven't that's fully correct. fleshed this out, but right. I think the fast is Lent. It was like this 40-day fast thing. And and originally, I think they would go without food for 40 days or something. Or oh, they wow. would have, Whoa. They would have um, mm-hmm. I could see that. And it slowly was too difficult, so they narrowed it down to now, I think it's don't eat meat right. for 40 days right. or on Fridays. But you can eat You fish. can't eat meat There's on Fridays. It's fish. I always know Lent is coming because yeah, the, the fish, fish fries show up. All the all the fish commercials start showing yes. up. McDonald's and, and all the fish that. fries at the Catholic churches. Yeah. yeah, but it's like McDonald's two for one fillet of fish. I'm like, oh, Lent's coming. I <laughs> used to work at McDonald's, uh-huh. and you did not want to work the chicken nugget fish fryer on area. Fridays oh, during oh, Lent. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> so this is this fast where yeah, they wouldn't yeah. eat. And so they're talking about they would break, they would the the people closest from an old tradition of the people closest to Jerusalem yeah. would not would want to break the fast on the 14th day of the moon, which yeah. is the, when God commands Passover, because they were keeping the Passover and they called it the feast of the Savior's Passover. Right. Okay. Um it was therefore necessary to end their fast on that day, whatever day of the week it should happen to be. Because one of the biggest struggles between Hebra- the Hebraic mindset and the right. Greek mindset is the Greek mindset is based on the seven days of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. Now, the Hebrew calendar, the majority other than the weekly Shabbat, which happens on the seventh day, is based on the lunar calendar. Like all of the holidays are based on the moon. And so Passover, 
this year might be on a Tuesday and next year it might be on a Thursday right. and then it might end up being on Friday or whatever. And to that point too, sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's in April. Mm-hmm. So you have to, yeah, yeah, weigh that out. So it shifts according to the lunar calendar, Correct. but the Greeks, the people that, so the people that are, this is, a, this is an argument or a contrast, <clears throat> a contrast between those closest to Rome Yep. Who are going to become the head of the church? It comes out of Rome. Mm-hmm. Are more Greek minded, and so their focus is on the day of the week is the most important. So what we would we would as modern day Christians fall into that category because we are all about resurrection Sunday, right? Because it was on Sunday that Jesus rose. Right. The fact that we celebrate it on Sunday is a Greek traditions, right? the Greek mindset, because if you celebrate it according to the the biblical calendar, which is based on the moon, well, if the Passover start, it was on this day, then you would count after Passover. And so the day that Jesus resurrected could be on a Thursday or a Friday or a Monday. And well, for the given year. Yeah, for right. that year. So right. it would be may, different. And that does not negate the fact that you celebrate Resurrection Sunday. I mean, I think you probably need to say that because there's a lot of... People almost have like a sense of guilt. Oh, that, that comes I up. celebrate? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just talking like if they go to church and they celebrate yes. the resurrection of Jesus on Resurrection Sunday and the information that you just conveyed, then they would feel like a panic or like an attack. Like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm wrong. I'm doing it, doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Yes. It's like, no, it's a, it's so a learning. We're we all fo- learning. We follow with the We're traditions, right. the traditions mm-hmm. of the church that celebrates the fact that on the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead, right. which is significant. And on that, that particular year, that week. might have been exactly what happened. Oh, it was exactly what happened. Well, all right. <laughs> all right. On all that right. particular year. Yeah. Oh, you mean, you're talking about this particular year or next well, particular year. Well, yeah, because each oh. year, yeah, because, yeah, and that's a whole thing with yeah, the calendar. Okay. So, Sorry. yeah, it's Cut too deep. Out. But, yeah, so, so <laughs> yeah. Passover may fall out at a different time than Resurrection Sunday, okay? And so there was an issue about breaking the fast because they would only break their fast, those closest to Rome, on Resurrection Sunday with what we now call communion, Got it. the Eucharist. Right. The, what they called the quadricennials, which means the 14ers, because they would do it on the 14th day of the month on the lunar calendar, would celebrate with the Passover, which is the Lord's Supper, Mm-hmm. We just haven't been taught that. Mm-hmm. But they would not do it on sun, Resurrection Sunday. They would do it on the 14th day of the month. Whenever that was for yes. that year. Right. So synods and assemblies of bishops were held on this account. And all with one consent through mutual correspondence drew up in an ecclesial decree that the mystery of the resurrection of the Lord should be celebrated on no other but the Lord's day. And that we should observe the close of the Paschal fast on this day only. There is still extent, uh, yeah, okay, so there's a bunch of other things. It lists a bunch of names of the people that were there <laughs> mm-hmm. that were like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We all decide this is what we want. So the disagreement in Asia. So the next chapter is now the disagreement of this. But the bishops of Asia led by polycrat- polycrates, Socrates, <laughs> <laughs> poly, poly crates or polycarp? Many crates. Okay, it's poly 
crates. Crates. That's okay. many crates. Okay, but Polycarp is in it. So, okay, yeah. I was so say, he many will carps. he will reference Polycarp. Yeah, many fish. Polycarps. Polycarp. So sorry. Poly, so we say Socrates. So this is Polycrates, probably. Polycrates. Yeah. Polycrates. There you I go. Know. I don't missing. know. You're would, better off. No, no, no. You have a better out. idea. It's many crates. Um, <laughs> wow. But the bishop of Asia, led by Polycrates, decided to hold to the old custom handed down to them. He himself, in a letter which he addressed to the vicar, to vicar, Victor who was the Bishop of Rome and the Church of Rome, set forth in the following words, the tradition which had come down to him. Okay. We observe the exact day, neither adding nor taking away, talking about the 14th. Mm -hmm. For in Asia also great lights have fallen asleep, which shall rise again on the day of the Lord's coming, when he shall come with glory from heaven and shall seek out all the saints. Among these are Philip, one of the 12 apostles, who fell asleep in Heriopolis and his two aged virgin daughters and another daughter who lived in the Holy Spirit and now rests at Ephesus. And moreover, John, who was both a witness and a teacher who reclined upon the bosom of the Lord and being a priest, wore the sacerdotal plate. He fell asleep also at Ephesus. And Polycarp in Smyrna, which Polycarp is one of the mm -hmm. more famous people because he was martyred. And yes. I think, what is the what is it they say happened? What did you hear happen? He was a disciple of John. Yeah. And then Polycarp was went to Rome and he was killed for his faith. And that's actually in the How did they kill fathers. him? Did they burn so, him at the stake? So they so what I hear is the the story I remember I haven't fact checked. I don't yeah. know if you can't fact check it. Is that they tried to burn him at the stake and he didn't burn and so they cut his head off, which oh, really? is why he's a more famous martyr because there were so many oh, martyrs. Okay. But he didn't burn. And so they took him down and cut his head off. Wow. Yeah. Which is crazy. I think that's so crazy if that's a true story. Yeah. That God would like save him from burning, yeah. but allow him still to die. Right. And I think it's more just a matter of, wow. you really don't have control over this. You're only doing this because I'm allowing you to. Nice. Because you're trying to kill him like this and it's not going to yeah. work. I'm going to prevent is it this. Fox's book, The Church. Fox's uh, Book of Martyrs. Book yeah. of Martyrs. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So here's Polycarp, a disciple of John. Right. Polycarp, is that a is that a Hebrew name? Or is that a Greek I, I, name? Mm, I don't know. It's Greek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Greek. Many well, carp. John's name is actually Johan Johannan. Yochanan. Yochanan, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, so good. um yeah, here's here's so to the point is. Well, I'll just keep reading. He was a bishop and a martyr. There's a bunch of other people. Why need I mention the bishop and martyr, Sagaris, who fell asleep in Laodicea? Laodicea is a Greek city. Or the blessed Papirius or Melito, the eunuch who lived all together in the Holy Spirit, who lies in Sardis, also a Greek city, awaiting the episcopate from heaven who shall rise from the dead. All these observed the 14th mm -hmm. day of the Passover. Okay, so he's saying, Philip, the disciple, his daughters, John, the disciple, his disciple Polycarp, all of these other bishops, all of these other leaders at all these churches that are not Jerusalem, they're Greek speak, they're Greek people in Greek cities yep. that are believing all observe the 14th day of the Passover according to the gospel. Yeah. What the do you gospel. Do, what do you do with that? Yeah, I get it. 
deviating in no respect, but mm-hmm. following the rule of faith. And I also, Polycrates, the least of you all, do according to the traditions of my relatives, some of whom I have closely followed. For seven of my relatives were bishops, and I am the eighth. And my relatives always observe the day when the people put away the leaven. I therefore, brethren, who have lived 65 years in the Lord and have met with the brethren throughout the world and have gone through every holy scripture, am not affrighted by terrifying words. For those greater than I have said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So he quotes Peter when they get arrested. Oh, yeah, in the book of Acts. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, we ought to obey God rather than men. And so he wrote all these. And therefore, a vicar who presided over the church at Rome immediately attempted to cut off from the common unity of the parishes all of Asia with the churches that agreed with them as heterodox, as heathens. And he wrote letters and declared all the brethren, therefore, wholly excommunicated. So why don't we keep it? Because there was dissension. Mm-hmm. And the ones who valued from their history and their heritage the day of the week as more important than the day of the month mm-hmm. were more powerful than the ones who were saying, hey, we were taught by the apostles to do this. Uh, I have seven bishops ahead of me. So that means like he goes back to the apostles mm-hmm. because it was only, it was like 200 years when that letter was written. Right. So he goes back to the apostles, the people that were being taught in the churches, by Paul, in Corinth, in Mm -hmm. Laodicea, in Pamphylios, in those places that all that Paul went were being taught to keep the Passover. And yet when the church, when the temple was destroyed and and the persecution began and all the apostles, except for John, were martyred in some way, shape, right. or form. And for those uh, watching and listening, um, John was the last one to die, mm-hmm. which is ironic because Jesus says the uh, the least and the greatest. He points to James and John. John's the or James is the first, first one to die. Yeah, John's the last one to die. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Prophetic, yeah. prophetic utterance from Jesus himself. So all of this, I'm just throwing this out there. You can do what you want with it. You can look it up. You can study it. It's out there. Um, is that the human desire to do what we feel, what our tradition holds to, mm-hmm. oftentimes outweighs what the scripture says. And so the, the larger portion of people overpowered the lower, the least people who were closest to the traditions closest to what was real, yet they uh, forced it out. So this is why I believe we're not doing Passover now. Mm -hmm. Not because Jesus died on the cross and fulfilled it and did away with it, um, but because church history and humanity got involved and undid what God had initially planned. Awaken my love The groom is near Awaken my love The 
Here's the reason why I think it's amazing. You can give or take that. I, I mean, you can say, oh, church history, not church history, whatever. You can give or, give or take, whatever you want to do with that. I'll let you deal with that on your own. But here's the reason for me. I'm going to let you guys talk about the significance of Passover in your own life and why it's made such a huge difference in your faith. That's what makes the most difference is like when yeah. you actually apply it, right. how amazing it is. Right. And so why don't you, Fred, why don't you share? Okay. I mean, I think the the first time that we did anything Passover related was probably with you guys here. Um, but I think what's interesting about it is for I like for such a long time, like my upbringing would see that as like oh that's like a that's like this Jewish thing mm-hmm. that happens, um, and you know there's a version of it with the Lord's Supper that we do in church anyways. Um, But going through the process of Passover and all the things that you're looking at, talking about, feeling, eating, I think brings a different understanding to what it is that you're doing, what it is that it means, and why it says that you're supposed to do this forever. Um, and it bringing like my family into it, like our girls who were not, you know, they've never, they had never done anything like this before, but to go through that process, like they're starting to like understand like, oh, this, there's something different about this. So hmm. that's, and I think it's an easy point because of, the parallels that it it uh, like the the Lord's Supper stuff drew from what Passover was intended to be, um, so it's easier to get there, I think, um, in terms of like a starting place with the with the feasts and and has it changed mm-hmm. the for you personally? Has it affected you like? Yeah, well, it's like you kind of glaze over the parts that says like you're supposed to do this forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it's like, and then like you keep reading it, and it keeps showing up, and you're like, well, darn it, I need to take this more seriously. Mm-hmm. And has there been a blessing in taking it more seriously? Yeah, it's it's I well, for me. Um, I think it has opened my eyes to the depth of what the Old Testament was intended to be um, and not just that older thing that we talk about. There's some historical data to it, um, but 
maybe it's not as relevant as the New Testament. It's t- completely changed my understanding of all that and the reason why these things are important. Um, because then they're, you know, they show up again in the New Testament, which I didn't fully draw the connection back to. Um, and so, it, like, just like my whole perspective on like how I was brought up in the church and some of those understandings, like now it's like I'm drawing the connections that maybe I didn't fully understand growing up. And that's not like a slam against like the people that mm-hmm. I was learning from when I was younger. It's just like now I'm learning it for myself and now I'm understanding it for myself and um, trying to, you know, teach it to my family and have them understand it. And maybe we're going to be weird someday and do this stuff differently than the rest of my family. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's not weird. I'm just being oh, silly. Right. So no, that's good. All right, Kevin, what about you? Well, there's a couple things I think that come to mind on a personal level. Um, in the gospels Jesus says, I eagerly have desired to, partake of this Passover, and he was talking to his disciples. So as a disciple of Jesus, when he says, I eagerly desired this, when that opened up for me, that understanding, like he eagerly desires this time and place to do something. It's different. It's not, but there's a sacredness to it. And those that have experienced it, they understand, I think you get a sense of that. So Mm -hmm. Truth, you can know truth, but you can also experience truth. And I think that when you enter into the experience of it, there's a different, your spirit resonates with something that's different than just knowing facts about it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think when we talked about Shabbat, I think Shabbat is, or Sabbath, um, when you consciously try to enter into it, there's a different understanding and a different knowing that takes place. Yeah. Um, so that I would say that was probably the, the first thing. Um, and then as I began to, we entered into it, and I think we've done it like four or five years now as a family. Um, it was one of those things where you enter into it and you almost have all of these voices like, well, this is weird. This is, you know, it's almost dumb. Why are you doing this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. It's It's resistance, I guess, because you're told, you know, you're not supposed to, go into this you feel like you're a little weird you'll feel like you're a little crazy um but then what i started doing over time is i started studying and we're probably going to get into some of this within the, the the totality of the scriptures um what i found out is like the passover is the one event that jesus did at that time when we talk about the last supper it was a time and a place that he did it with his disciples and this is what just jacks me up every time I think about it. But it was also pointing backward to the Exodus. And at the same time in history, like space-time space time matrix kind of thing, it's also pointing to a future day when he says, I will do this again when it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of heaven. So it's almost like Jesus is saying, right now we're doing this in this moment. But you have to understand, disciples, uh-huh. that it is connecting you to something way back here mm-hmm. and it's also connecting you to something that's way coming in still the future. future yeah because he says and Until i don't we do it again and i don't know of, yeah and i when i got that revelation i almost like started walking around my house and my my family my, my especially my wife and my daughter know about me 
They say like when, this a lot. When I do, <laughs> when I walk around my house with my hands up and I start pumping my fists, I get. I, it's the Holy Spirit is what it is because what Kevin got a revelation. But yeah, because the dude, and I'm not trying to be like super. It's not a super spirit. No. I'm so glad this is going out to the world and revealing what's going on in my house. But it's like just that revelation. The Holy Spirit breathes on it, and you start to understand, guys. This is not just like it's. It is. I don't know of any other thing in all of human history that I can do in the present that connects me with the past mm-hmm. and connects me with a future day that I may not even see, but I get to participate in that future resurrection mm-hmm. when Jesus returns. Even if I'm not alive, I'm still participating in a future event. Mm-hmm. When I got a hold of that, I'm like, you're not going to move me off of this. Yeah. And you may call me w- weird or, or crazy or whatever, but it's like, that's when it's really solidified. And I think that was... Was that a couple years ago when I got that understanding and revelation? Because I mean, I really literally went in my prayer closet and I was like, "Lord, why are we doing this?" Yeah, I feel stupid. It's just nobody else is doing it. Nobody else sees it, and you do. You feel dumb, and you also feel like, in some ways, you're like you're going backward. It's like, oh well, you're doing this Old Testament thing, and the Lord just like cured me of that. So, on a personal level, now. Okay, so from a so that's just me personally, but when we talk about like the family, you're never gonna move my family off of yeah. this ever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I joke, like, well, Passover's been called off this year. <laughs> you know, and my wife will just my oh, daughter, dude. they will just go ballistic. And We've like, had it called off. Yeah. And they'll be like, um because I got Oh, because you got sick. I got a knee surgery. I had oh. an infection. We're yeah. getting ready for the Passover and my knee starts hurting. Yeah. And I was in the hospital all weekend. We yeah. had to do Pesach Shani, second Passover, yeah. which is not as fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait, so, what? I yeah, just, just threw that out. So there's a there's a provision in the Torah that if you're unable or you're unclean <sighs> to do this. Passover, you oh, have yeah, to do it again second, yeah. the next month. Yeah. So to close that loop, just you know, it's now part of my family looks forward to it, and mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest comments came out of the the uh, mouth of my daughter. She's like, Dad, this is like a holy Thanksgiving. And I was like, you know, out of the mouth of babes, but yeah. it's just like that recognition. It's yeah. like this is the ultimate Thanksgiving because he has provided the lamb. Mm-hmm. Genesis 22. The Lord himself will provide the lamb. So I don't do it. I just I just participate in it. <laughs> and I know, I know you guys, it's like until you do it, you just, you just don't get it. Yeah. And then and then for it's me like so crazy. Just mm-hmm. the things. So just as we're doing this, we're talking about the Seder, you know. Yeah. This is this is all about mostly the Seder and then the following seven days where you don't eat leavened bread right. is just you know, it's a really cool experience to have a set apart time that's different for seven days. This is different. Like and it's all about your diet. Yeah. Which we think that's oh, food is Jesus, ridiculous. Jesus cares about keto. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's about reducing your carbon. He wants all um, to be swole, swole so, in the scriptures. I'm sorry. So just yeah, just here are some like Haggadah. This is the book that if anybody is interested and you want to be like, hey, how do I do this? We'll talk a little bit more about it in the in the dessert, but yeah, like. All we we have these things that just this is a Haggadah 
which means telling, I believe. And so this is like walks you the Passover Seder. Here's one we made for the kids that they can. It's got every step in the thing, and they can fill it out and color it color as it, we yeah. go through. Like here's one that came with our matzah that we ordered. Here's one, Christ in the Passover is a little pamphlet that tells you about all the places that point to Jesus in the in the Passover. Yeah. Here's a great book celebrating the biblical feast. But I have all these like Passover a different on a different night. This one's fun. It's like it's not messianic, it's Jewish, but yep. you can tell cuz it goes backwards. Yep. Mm. Um, but it's like all these fun ideas for children. So the back says a Haggadah for for the four children in each of us, like the children, because you know it says over and over and over. The part, I love the knowledge that I gain from it and learning about who the Messiah is and seeing yes. the big picture and the connections from right. the old and the new. But the thing that gets me most in all these holidays um, that God set up is the way it allows me to teach my children and in the Torah, I don't. I was gonna look it up. I don't remember how many times. It's like bunches, bunches and bunches and bunches. It says, "Teach your children, teach your children, teach your children, teach your children." Or when your children ask, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah. Tell them. When they ask, "Why are we?" You tell them. And so it gives us this opportunity, this amazing opportunity. And I was just watching some videos this morning of. Um, just on Passover, mm-hmm. and and it's these three guys over in Israel. Mm-hmm. They're all messianic now, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. They found their faith in, in as they were. So they were Jewish, and then they found Jesus. So it was cool to hear them talk about Passover pre Jesus, Passover post Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It was super, really amazing. That is. Um, but the thing that that. They said, you know, even the guys sitting there saying about Passover and your memories, it was like so many of them remembered the Afi Komen. Um, and so many of my kids, even when we recorded, and you, you saw some of those videos previous to this in the intro to all this, um, talked about the Afi Komen. It's like you take this pizza matzah, but you have this large pouch. It has three matzah inside of right. it. You take the middle matzah out, you break it, you put it in the bag and you run in a linen pouch and it's hidden. And then at after the meal, the kids run and go find it. And it's right. like, all my kids are like, oh, what's your favorite part of pa- Passover? Finding the Afi Komen, finding the Afi Komen. Have you ever found? Oh, I haven't found it. I never found it. I found it one year. You know, it's like right. it's like this thing that's. I think burnt. Audra found it last year. Yeah, I yeah. helped Audra find yeah. it because well. I was tired of the big kids always finding it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, so it's this thing they remember, and the pa- the power of it being like, okay, this is Jesus. His body was broken. He was put in a linen thing. He was hidden, and they ran to go find him. Like that physical connection. Right to the excitement of finding him, right? When they found the tomb was empty and then they found him alive. Like, it's just so... You know, Exodus 12 is is like the national, you guys all should do this. Here are the instructions. Do this, do this, do this. But then this, this passage hit me like a ton of bricks. So you go, you go one chapter over, chapter 13, verse 8, and it says, and when you're asked um, about, well, what is this thing? You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me. Yeah. 
when I came out of mm-hmm. Egypt. Mm-hmm. So the voice, the voicing there changes from, oh yeah, this is a Passover. It's something we can do as a group, whatever. But there comes a point, man, I feel, <laughs> I feel giddy right now. There comes a point where you, this is what the Lord did for me. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. when you feel the shift. Mm-hmm. It's not just about mm-hmm. the Passover lamb of Israel, the Passover lamb of the world. He is my Passover yeah. lamb. Yeah. He did this for me. Yeah. And I feel like that's where your the shift comes. Yeah. And that's one of the the liturgies in the the Seder I was Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in there. It's in there when you're asked about the service. Well, it says each each person is to um interact in the Seder as if as if we were the ones that were taken out right. of Egypt. Yeah. It's a rehearsal of. Right. And so if we weren't we weren't actually there and taken out of Egypt, right. we're rehearsing it as if we were right. and we're internalizing it and it's right. that freedom, that connection of freedom from slavery to Pharaoh being likened to sin and right. the control sin has and God brings us out of the sin and does the, teaches us and trains us in righteousness. Yeah, and that third cup that he holds up yeah. and says, with outstretched arms and mighty acts of judgment. There you go. If you don't know, go back to the appetizer. It's like, boom. You're sitting there at the table with the cup that Jesus held out. Talk about the power of communion, like really understanding communion. It's that Passover meal when you put it all the pieces together and you're sitting there and he has the third cup and he says, and then he has the fourth cup and he says, I'm not gonna drink of this until we're together. Like, it's like this meal, we're in the midst of it right now. It's not over yet. We're mm-hmm. waiting and we're gonna we're drink it with Jesus is on the a kingdom. Ju- Jesus is on a juice fast, yeah. So I know that we you had like a bunch of other scriptures to connect. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that might be so we're gonna, yeah, like a so, mind trip up through the scriptures. That'd be great. Yeah, so we're gonna do that. Um, we are probably going to cut out right here and um, do a double appetizer or do a double entree because we're just gonna. We could call. I don't want to hurry it, through we could it. Call it the buffet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're back. We're going for back for seconds. Yeah, back for mm. seconds. Um, so good. Yeah, so we're gonna just cut out here with just like hopefully encouragement to say, hey, we scratched the surface on some of this stuff, the Passover meal and how cool it is and how it affects our lives and how history shows that maybe we should be applying it in our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are human reasons why we don't. Um, Humanity got involved. As the holidays come forward and Passover comes into play. um, As you get into springtime. Yeah, Yeah. as the springtime comes that you would be thinking about this as you read through the crucifixion story and you see where Jesus says on the Passover, you know, you could do that. You could be a part of it. You could Mm -hmm. sit there with him and enjoy the Passover meal and see the power of the afikoman and the bread of affliction and the Seder plate with all the symbols on it. Um, Yeah, I pray that God would stir your hearts. And we are going to do another episode that's going to, our next next episode we're going to walk through will be um, wa- walking through the whole of the entirety of scriptures and seeing the Passover theme and the Passover language because it's one of God's biggest uh, examples of the Messiah, the pa- the story of Messiah beginning with Abraham yeah. and moving through Revelation. Yeah. So we'll see you next time for that. Um, yep. 
So, so Fred, why don't you pray to close us out? Okay. God, there's there's a lot to this, and it's it is a big, big, big deal. Um, I thank you for what you've opened our eyes to, what you've opened my eyes to, how you've led us through this gift, um, tangible gift to show us faithfulness and um, especially through your son. God, thanks for, thank you for guiding our conversations and um, how we're, we're all working through what you would have for us in our lives and how we would how we would teach that to our families and that there is blessing in all of this in Jesus name we pray amen amen we'll see you next time for listening to the whole testament we're on apple podcasts spotify and youtube so share the show with your friends and family and be sure to leave a rating and review you can also find us on all the socials by searching at the whole testament all of our episodes are available at our website and you can listen to them by heading over to the whole the whole testament is supported by people like you to help us continue the conversation, head to thewholetestament.com and click on the donate tab. We'll see you next time. I'm ready to close this out. Oh my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> wow. All right. <laughs> I know. I said I was going to be Kevin. Okay, so I'm going to put in- Kevin on the next one. So Brad, <laughs> the, inside, the inside joke is that we always debate about who's going to pray first at the beginning before we start and who's going to close us out in prayer and... Fred gets to do both. <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be looking up at the whole testament, all one word on YouTube. Because right. now I can actually watch them. That's right. Because I couldn't.